So this could go really bad. I have five pages of notes. I have to write a bunch of information down so that I can recall any of that information. And on top of that, I highlighted a fuck ton of shit and I don't normally do that. And it's See, only I, can, so I can only do like small words or phrases like in bullet points or I will end up reading them and I don't want to read. I just want to give myself reminders to, you know what I mean? Yeah, I can't do that. Sometimes it comes out fine. Most of the time it does not. This one was wild. We've had some wild. We This has been a wild month. I feel like all of our choices have had some kind of element of weird or wild in them that we did not know at the time was going to happen. And um, with every description of all of the books, I feel like the descriptions have left out a lot of things. Every single I book. feel like we've been saying that for a while now. That, I know. Like, we've had a lot of descriptions that weren't quite... <laughs> Which, and I get it, I, descriptions should be vague on a level because you want the story not to be spoiled, but you don't want to end up reading something totally different from what you think you're going into. It's just so funny because I don't know. I just. Did I, I realize I that know. this was a ride like This was a book? ride. This was, was, no, not even close to Thanksgiving, but it's still wild. I didn't, and not close, but I'm going to say, I don't think anything will ever top that Thanksgiving <laughs> ever. Not even a little bit. Unwrap Me was really close, though. That shit was <laughs> real close. I think I just mean in more of a, well, this is happening. Yeah. Well, this is happening quickly. A lot happens and some stuff doesn't happen. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's definitely oh. not one of those novellas where you're like, it was a whole book in a novella. It was not. <laughs> I am just going to put the expectations out there. It's a ride. And eventually you get off of it. And sometimes you're like, what just happened? End of story. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) That is the book. This is definitely a way to end January. That's for sure. Yeah. This is the last of our regular episodes for the month. We have one more episode coming out in January. And that'll be our final special, which will be our final part of the Snowden Snowed in January. Yes. And then unfortunately, Snowed in January will come to we'll an end. Over. It will come to a close. And I'm just going to put this out there. I feel like the plow book- guy will come and take the snow away. And he maybe he'll plow some things while he's here. He didn't in the other book, but that's okay. I feel like calling this a Snowden book is really pushing the envelope a little bit. I feel like we've said that a lot. We've said it quite a bit this month because the Snowden part was not. Well, you know what? Apparently that just means that we need a redo. So next year, apparently we're just going to do Snowden January again. You know what? Every year is Snowden January. You're fucking (laughs) welcome or I'm very sorry. One of the two things. It can be both. That is true. It can be both. So for the final episode of the month, which has been Crystal's month, apparently, because I've spoken the most out of this entire, this whole month has been the most I've ever spoken in the entire almost year we have been doing this podcast. I love it. I love it. I love and hate it all at the same time time. (laughs) because it takes me so much longer to read a book. Welcome to my life, Crystal. Welcome to my life. I have to, it just, mostly because I have a really shitty memory. So trying to remember things has caused me to have five pages of notes and a hundred page novella. That's okay though. Because weirdly there was a lot 
when there also was not a lot. So I don't know what to tell you. You know what there was a lot of? Dick. So there's that. So this week we read. And who complains when there's a lot of dick? Not well. Adrian does. Adrian very much complains. I was going to say. A lot. Annoyingly. But I think we're. I think we're getting through to her with our Snowden anthologies. Angie's fine now. She'll get That's over what I said. I think we're getting through to her. Yeah. Angie was not a reverse ha- harem girly. No. And or you know why what? choose girly. Neither was Adrian because <laughs> I can't. I will but really, state. Why choose? At really and really truly. Why choose? Why choose? Be Snowden and don't choose the people. We're good. Wrap yourself up in a little tinsel. And off you go. There was no tinsel in this book. I'm sorry, guys. I just added it for you. I know. Don't worry, because the sound will be there. Respectful. Respectfully, I will. (laughs) (laughs) A little Easter egg. (laughs) A little Easter egg. So this week, we read Snowed In with the Seals by Chloe Kent. This is the second book in the Midlife Secrets series. But you know what? Crystal said fuck it and just picked it anyways. Why? I actually didn't even know it was in a series because I didn't look at that. And please just bear with me because this is a lot more words than any of the other episodes I have done. Hopefully it will go okay. But you know what? I can't fuck it up anymore. So I could, but you know, here we are. I could just tell you the plot of a whole ass other book. I don't know. I am not going to do that. The book's female main character is Adrienne Palmer, and she is a super billionaire. They don't call her a super billionaire. I just do. And it starts out with a convo with one of her business partners, Miriam. By the way, Miriam, fucking amazing. Love this woman. Want her in my life. Ariel is not the Miriam in my life. She is other things. Yeah, what are those things now? And Miriam is discussing what Adrian needs. What does Adrian need, do you ask? Sex Dick. and lots of it. Dick. She just says, you know what you need? A spanking, a plugging, a nice young seven-inch cock, and nine back-to-back orgasms in that order. Spoiler alert. She gets it. Thank you. End of story. Sp- Book's over. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Yes, she does that. Miriam has no fucking filter. And I literally love that not only for her, but for us, because it gives out some really good one-liners and just like information about Miriam's history that we probably didn't need to know at all. It's like the TMI version. It was a lot. We find out that Adrian has been celibate for years. Her yeah, divorce was just finalized a week Adrian ago. Adrian is the opposite of Miriam. And... Yeah. In every single way. Miriam's all like, well, it'll loosen you up a little. What do you have to lose? And she's all like, time, beauty, (laughs) sleep, the ability to not be annoyed. My state of peace. Clean sheets. Yeah. I hate the horrendous act of cuddling, talking, and being nice afterwards. I mean, amen, sister. I will tell you, as soon as I read that sentence, all I thought of was Ariel. That's all I thought of. There are parts to... Adrian's personality that remind me of Ariel, <laughs> and then the rest of it does not. They are not the same person. So yes, her divorce was finalized a week ago, and Miriam decides to offer her her pool boy. Adrian's like, is that the same as your car guy? And she goes, no, Rico lets me whip his ass and then curls up sucking his thumb. He's a sweet baby boy. The other one, he cleans my pool and then also cleans my pool. 
And that man has a tongue as long as his anaconda cock and I lost my shit. Miriam really thinks Adrian very much needs to get laid, which honestly, I kind of really fully agree. And nah, as they're having this discussion, yeah, they're having this discussion. She does describe her ex-husband a little bit, and she just says that she doesn't think that it was possible to hate another human being as much as she hated Desmond. Desmond is the name of her ex-husband. Keep that in your brain hole for later. You need that. You're welcome. And apparently he is rotting in prison, and we don't currently know why he is in prison. And we find out that as they're having this conversation, Adrian's a little uncomfortable because Miriam just like spouting this shit, and they're in the middle of a charity auction gala it's like this big fancy schmancy place and this year all the donations that they have are going towards an animal welfare thing her money as a billionaire came from partially a trust fund from her dad and also her own businesses that she has she does say that her marriage that she had completely ruined her and the other part is that she really loves her dad her dad's dead her mom basically is dead at this point loves her dad fucking hates her mom you know what i'm okay with that because her mom is a gigantic alcoholic piece of shit so a friend of hers in this like fancy schmancy people jackson porter he's an older gentleman and he introduces her to darian who is the first of our three dudes in this book and he is hot and Adrian has a very big reaction to him the minute that she meets this man. For the record, she's just turned on by him by looking at him. And she's not happy about it. She does not want to be attracted to this man. Not only because I think that she's just an uptight shrew. He's also much younger than she is. And she's like, I don't like this. They're at least 10 years younger. She's not thrilled about this. But this man is a hot specimen of a man. And whatever. He's hot. That's all, that's all we got. So then she turns around and she runs smack fucking dab into another super hot man. Because you know what? They're all fucking there, dudes. So this second guy is Austin. And he's also hot. And she also locks eyes with him. And then other things keep happening to her body. This girl is getting turned on. Her nipples are going crazy. Her vagina's leaking. <laughs> That's a callback to another episode about the vagina leaking. And she's also still pissed that she's also attracted to this dude. Who, again, 10 years younger than her. So just keep in mind, we've got Damien. We've got Austin. And she's trying desperately to get away from these men because she doesn't like the way that they're making her feel. And... She feels eyes on her everywhere. Yeah. And that's when she spots the third man across the room. Locks eyes with that motherfucker. Guess what? Same reaction in her body as the first two guys. I feel like you should listen to your body at that point. If your body's like, hot man turned on, yes, please take me. Your response should not be, ugh, this is annoying and I hate this. She's like, oh, maybe Miriam's right and I do need to get laid. Yeah. And she's like, this is fucking crazy. And nothing ever catches her off guard, especially when it comes to dudes. And as she is looking at the dude, all she can think about is this man and her kneeling right before him, naked, hands behind her back, 
And she just was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on right now. So she's not having a great time. I'm having a great time reading about her discomfort because she clearly needs to get fucking laid. Having a good time. Having a good time. So when Miriam finally caught back up with her again, she's fucking happy about it because now she can get pulled away from these dudes and they can stop staring at her because they're just staring at her. And it does kind of go into a little bit how she did make some of her money with electronic cars, cruise liners, and she has made plenty of allies, but she still keeps her eye on them. And she sends money to charity as well. She just never does it with her name on it. She tries to do it super anonymously. She is very introverted, but she still needs to kind of make her presence known sometimes. So my favorite line, though, was she says, contrary to Miriam's diagnosis, she needed sex like she needed a cactus in her panties. And yes, she had tried it a few times. Sex, not the cactus, but found it nothing spectacular. So she has had sex. It's not really the greatest. She's like, I could pretty much just do without it. And honestly, does that not describe a lot of our sexual experiences in life? It has to. I can do it better myself. Exactly. And that is her philosophy on it. And, you know, throughout this night, she's just fucking tired. She's grumpy. She's hungry because she maintains herself so well that she literally has not eaten chocolate in eight years. I would cry. How can you not eat fucking chocolate in eight eight goddamn years she forgot what pizza even fucking looked like or tasted like i love pizza i just stuffed my face full of a pork chop on camera yeah and literally this is where her and you very much differ because there's no way shit i would catch you avoiding any of this so yes i am all for moderation but i am old enough that i'm going to live life the way i like to live life thank you very much yeah i mean i may have had a salad for breakfast lunch I don't Dude, know. Salad is like the best meal. I in the love world. a salad. And then I had steak and yogi. And then I have a frozen bar of chocolate sitting in my freezer right now that I very much want to eat. But eating it requires me to like super chew that shit because mm-hmm. it's frozen. So it is time for the auction. And Miriam goes, Mama's going shopping. Which is so Yeah. Funny. I mean, come on. The auction is just a bunch of these hot men. Again, all the money is going to charity. And oh, so yeah. she's... did we forgot to mention that the auction is men? Oh, yeah. I forgot that part. Guess what? Auction is men. You're welcome. Here we are. She's happy that it's going to start because she's like, I can just erase them from my mind. And, you know, thanks to her mom, her dissociative skills were legendary. I feel like a lot of us can relate to she really daydreams about being a hermit all the time. She's like, if I could just live to be a hermit, it'd be fabulous. And of course, every fucking woman in this entire place is staring at these three dudes because duh there's sex on a stick hello i would also be staring you know as the auction starts miriam very excited very excited adrian doesn't want to bid at all she's got well, she never does she no. like you said she donates privately she's just there to show face because yeah it's not her thing no not her thing she's just dreaming about the fact that she can get the fuck out of there soon and go back home We also finally learn who the third guy is, and his name is Emerson. So we have Damien, Emerson, and the other one, Austin. Austin. The other one. I told you, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Doing fabulous. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Adrian's fucking bored. She's just here, daydreaming, fucking bored, and her phone goes off. And she is unnerved by whatever text messages come through. By the way, no idea what it is. Which we never find out. 
<laughs> we don't ever find out. Maybe. No, we don't. We, we never really don't. find out. <laughs> I want to know. I'm like sitting ever. here hoping that we're going to find out. Never fucking find out. I assumed out. since we didn't find out then it would come later. It didn't come. She came, but we didn't. <laughs> but the answer didn't come. Miriam can clock that Adrian something happened. And she goes, are you good? Adrian's like, yeah, I'm fine. She goes, something's wrong. I know you, you need well to enough to know that you're only going to tell me when you want to or need to. So I'm just going to wait. And the best piece of advice. She sounds like a good doobie. She really does. Like she, Miriam is a down bitch. I've been listening too much to my murder podcast and everyone's called down bitches. And you know what? She is the downest of bitches. And I'm okay with that. Hell yeah. Solid nuggets. Solid nuggets. Solid nuggets. <laughs> and of course, I love these words from Miriam because I guess Miriam has probably said them before is unless you're watering revenge plans, your tears are wasted. And honestly, such a beautiful line. I highlighted line, that too. And I loved it. I loved it so much. And Miriam does ask her, do you want to leave? And she's like, no, I'm good. In her brain, she's like, I'm not going to have a fucking panic attack about the stupid fucking text message. I'm not going to have it here at the stupid auction house. I'm just going to sit here. So with the context that we have throughout the rest of the book, I am going to go ahead and say what I believe the text message was just for audience sake. Absolutely. Um, Regardless of your idea. I think the text message was from the DA um, letting her know that her ex-husband was being released early. Perfect. Because that, that began sense. her panic of needing to go home and pack. That makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. So then the bidding starts and she went from, I don't want to do anything to bidding $10 million on these three dudes out of nowhere. Well, because in her mind, she got that text message. And now all of a sudden she's going away off grid immediately. And that's all we know. And now that her body is weirdly responding to things after Miriam's weird pep talk she's just like nope i need one last night of hurrah before i go off grid yeah so she wins because 10 million dollars she has the money it's a drop in the bucket she's got a lot of money so they give her a key card to the suite and all three men are 10 years younger than her and she just wants a one-night stand with one of them but this is not that kind of a book guys in case you're curious and she sets out these she has rules, okay? And I will say, this section also made me think of Arielle because I feel like these would be rules that she said. So basically, oh, she's just like, you're probably no. wondering why all three of you are here. It's, it's hilarious, simple. but it's not me. Yeah. I always have a plan B or C in case two of you don't work out. So she only wants one of them. And if they don't, that's funny. I think it's funny. She's like, I have rules though. And they're like, excuse me? And she's like, yeah, that is why you're here. There will be no kissing. There will be no talking. There will be no cuddling. There will be no touching except for your penis and my vagina. So funny, by the way. And Darian just goes, I see. So just put our cocks in your pussy. And then she goes, there will be no crude language. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> it was just great. And then Austin's so funny. He goes, right. So oh. only our copulatory <laughs> organs will touch your vestibule. Just so funny. And then, then she goes, and two more things. I prefer the missionary position, but you will not be allowed to look at me. You will wear a condom and you must pull out before you ejaculate. 
have I made myself clear? Okay, so the only reason this part made me think of you, none of these, none of this would be something you would want, but it would just be you setting rules for how things are going to go. You're going to be like, okay, this is how it's going to go. This is how go. this is going to go. Exactly. <laughs> I meant it more in that terms, not that you prefer missionary style and they're not no. allowed to look at you. And I do feel like you wouldn't like the cuddling thing, although I don't know. You yeah, mm-hmm. I like to cuddle you, but yeah. your boobs are really nice pillows. That's so different, though. I think that's the worst part. People think <laughs> I'm so cuddly, and I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> she just wants it on her terms. Like Ariel said, if this is going to be her one night to do things, she wants it her way, basically, or the highway at this point. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> except they don't like they... that very much. Mm-hmm. No, no. So they decide, you know what? <laughs> We have our rules, and these we are actually our- have our own rules. We come as a package, all three of us or none of us. We will be kissing you. We will be touching you with our hands, our mouths, and our cocks. We will be looking at you, every part of you. And they just, they're talking real words. And then you get to keep only real one of words. Your- huh? There's a lot of words. <laughs> They, they're good with their words. And they say, you do get to keep one of your rules. We will use protection, but only this one time. And no words are coming out of this woman's mouth. She is shocked into she's fucking silence. She's not used to people questioning her. No, because or... she's known as the ice queen. So yeah, like, yeah, she's not used to people like confronting her or not taking what she has to say mm-hmm. at face value and just doing it. Exactly. And she's like, there's not going to be in next time and also i need to go clean because she's got to go use the bathroom or whatever darren goes we know what you want to go and clean pretty lady but that wetness in your panties belong to us and then here comes my first issue there was other stuff they switch point of view and there is no names at the top of the chapters for who is speaking it was kind of obvious it was Um, i'm just saying it was obvious I didn't like it. I know. I didn't like it either. And it does not switch to their point of view very often. So with that said, it switches to Emerson's point of view because here we are. Technically, I think it is the trio's point of view. I read it as Emerson's only because they mention him all the time. And I don't feel like I got into any of the other guys' heads. And I felt like it was, I don't know. I looked at it as it was the boy's point of view because the other chapter that they did it in was also seemed like it was the boy's. you know, without them being titled that way, we got no idea. We can just take whatever interpretation we. Mm -hmm. So if and when you read this, or if you haven't read it and are going to read it, take that in mind. Let us know what you think. Let us know. It starts in on her with all three of them. Things escalate really fucking quickly. Very quickly. Very quickly. Hello. How are you? You won the auction. Yay date. All you don't the want dicks. dinner. Let's tie you to the bed and lick you. Bye. Yeah. They say that they want to change her mind that she thinks sex is super messy. They understand that her being wet was super uncomfortable for her. And how do they know this? Because they were listening to the conversation she was having with Miriam. And they said that they were fucking Navy SEALs eavesdropping on the woman they wanted to share for the rest of their lives was child's play. Here's where the Snowden with the SEALs come in. They're SEALs, by the way. And not the SEALs. (laughs) 
That would have been a shifter kind of book. A weird shifter. <laughs> I commented book. on it. And I you're know. Like, that would be weird. Because <laughs> it would have been weird. They don't care about her age. They think she's the most beautiful woman on the planet. And they want to be her protectors. Well, her possessive protectors. Let's be honest here. And that only their name is going to fall from the, her lips for the rest <laughs> of her life. This went from zero to fucking a thousand. Zero to hero. Just like that. Yes. And we kind of get like a tiny bit of a background of them that they were adopted and they had been all adopted by the same couple. This whole situation was so fucking weird to me. And they're it- adopted siblings. Yes. Yeah. And then shit gets even more weird later on. Up until this part was not weird. (laughs) No. This part was was not weird. Yeah. So they found out that they were adopted when they turned 18. And the woman who had raised them thanked them for letting them be hers for the last 18 years. But it was time to take their mother's names of their own. So they grew up together. And it's, you know, and they saw her three years ago. We do get more later on. But just know these men have been pining for her for three years. They just saw her and it was like, oh, yes, want that. They My saw woman. her, Crying. declared their vow for her, staked their claim, and then got called away on a job that lasted three years. And now here they are to claim their rightful place as king of Pride Rock. I mean, their <laughs> rightful <not> place <laughs> of kings of Adrian's vagina. I mean... Nope. That's it. She's not letting you do another one. (laughs) Then we switch back to Adrian's point of view because why not? Let's just fuck around with all the point of views at this point. Fuck around and find out. And she's not happy about how she's reacting. She hates it. She just said it was supposed to be an in and out situation, no frills attached. In fact, she was basically just give her five minutes and then it'll be an in and out situation. (laughs) She was just basically gonna lift her dress and sit on the penis of her choosing. Her words, not mine. It could and be yours. She's like, the, the instructions were clear. Did I have to drop pictures for them? Adrian, Maybe. I would love these pictures. I want to know what these pictures are that you were thinking of how you wanted this to go. And it would be glorious. Ariel draws pictures for us consistently. And I they love do. them. They may be stick figure drawings, but that's okay. Yeah. But she's she's so super into it. She's still fucking pissed that she's super into it. And then this is the point where I said, all I can think about is Ariel. That's just all I can think. I don't know why. Because you're nothing like Adrian. You're not a prudish little bitch. And Adrian has moments. The men are all over her. She keeps repeating that it wasn't supposed to be this way. And all I wanted to say was shut the fuck not up. Every, this is not how it was supposed to happen. This was not how it was supposed to be. She keeps saying she does become a little bit self-aware and realize that she said it a lot. And I'm like, girl, just shut the fuck up she said and a lot she says it an aggressive amount so emerson happens to be the more possessive of everybody which you know i'm here for because then one of his hands goes to her throat and like slips around it and the pressure gives her panic at first but it really turned her on and then she goes oh god it wasn't supposed to be this way oh it was she doesn't submit to anybody but nothing could make her retrieve her hand from the warmth and colossal <laughs> thickness of a cock because then she like grabs Darian's cock while he puts it there and she's just oh my god and then she does say how many this times is had- just as extra oh it was so extra you're welcome i want it to because ariel gets to be dramatic and i want to be dramatic for once god damn it i have voices I now life. I have the mic. I get to do this. She's like, this is not how it's supposed to be. How many times have you repeated that exact 
phrase she lost count. You happy? And they're like, your safe words. It's it's obsidian. Use it, and we'll stop. And then she gets confused about a safe word. (laughs) She's like, huh? Just so you know, she also forgets to use it. And there is a lot of blinded by the dick. She's dickmatized. Yep. They take the tie backs from the uh, curtains that are in this room and they tie her to this bed. And Emerson just goes, your safe word starts now. I don't know why I sound like, what is it? A James Bond guy. (laughs) (laughs) They get super descriptive. (laughs) Talk about her soaked labia. Talk about it, talk about it, talk, talk about, about her so labia. <laughs> and Ooh, she just... Baby, you're making me crazy. Making me crazy. Let, Let me turn, turn your ass around. And my tongue goes to bow down. And so she's astonished because she's got three mouths on her. And then you know what? She worries about the sheets. She's worried because of how wet they are getting her about and their hotel sheets. They're not hotel sheets, sheets. and they're (sighs) like a fancy hotel. Come on! And so they just these men are just taking their time and going all over her. And then finally, finally, Emerson just goes again. This is the only time we're going to be using protection. And then he says, "Oh my God, they said that so much." Then he goes look at me and then this man just fucking right into her vagina and he was huge and she felt him bump her cervix which by the way does not feel great like a virgin except she's not when your heart beats next Next to to mine mine. yeah what a way to end january what a way so there's a lot of description emerson gets to go first while he fucks her on her side and then the men just for all intents and purposes they run a train on her okay they just as soon as fucking emerson pops out darian flips her under her all fours and then fucking pounds her from all good pornos are made out of yes and then he withdraws from her and flips her around and tosses her on the bed on her back and then he goes that is the last fucking time we're pulling out of you. Again, they need to make it very clear that they do not plan on using protection anytime in the further. So then, you know, her they whole body breed is her. Just, they do want to breed her. <laughs> oh my God. And Austin comes to stand. This part I got confused about. And I don't know if it was the wording or what was happening. Because it just says, Adrian's whole body vibrated when Austin came to stand behind Darian, and she could feel the head of Austin's cock against her already packed pussy. Darian pulled out slowly while Austin pushed in. The mind-blowing stretch made her leak with fresh wetness. This part confused me because of how it's worded. If Austin is standing behind Darian, is he squatting down? (laughs) I still don't know the mechanics of how this is working. So, in my diagram here, she's laying... With okay. her legs and out. And he with is frogging over her okay. on the bed. And this little douche canoe scooches up to the end of the bed. And he's going to bump both their behinds as he... They basically just fucking swap places. And after that, And then done, he just like keeps frog humping away. Yeah. Over her face, probably. <laughs> I don't know the logistics. As his dick and balls are like dangling into her face. I mean, he probably just teabagged her. He's it's probably, like, yeah, exactly. He's probably like, kiss it on the way by, bitch. 
So her gaze fell into the three incredible good-looking men who ended her years of celibacy three times, three ways, making her come in the wildest, untamed, and wanton ways ever. And then they say, it's our turn now. To come. Sit on the edge of the bed and open your legs, Adrian. He just says, eyes on us. And they come, all of them, on her body. Toaster strudel. Very fucked up, messy toaster strudel. Because at least for the she toaster- hates messes. She really does. She just looked at them and she's never going to see them again because they just keep saying this is the last time we're ever going to come outside your body. Yeah. And And she knows that she's booking it that night. Yeah. She's like she needed everything they had given her because her ex-husband, the lying, treacherous, thieving bastard, had just been released from prison after only serving three years when he should have been kept there for the next 20 at least. He had tricked her into marrying him telling her he would return something he had taken that belonged to her, something she held dearer than anything else in her life. It had been sheer good luck that he got arrested the day after he presented her with a marriage license he had forged, but she was still legally bound to uphold it because he was a snake of the worst kind. We don't find out what the item is until the very end, so temper your expectations now. I got very I wish frustrated. I had. So didn't I. <laughs> I wish that I could have forgotten that it existed. But they bring it up a lot. So we didn't really learn at that point yet what her husband had gone to jail for. Just know he was supposed to be in for 20 years, which is weird how it's worded here because this is 20 more years. But later on, it says he was supposed to be in for 20. He got out 17 years earlier. And as she's leaving, this is hours later because you get the shit. And then it does state hours later. So I, you know, applaud that for that. Eh, it was Listen, it, the tiniest, it gave me the tiniest little nugget of something, okay? I can't get names at the beginning of chapters. I got to have time somewhere. I don't care if it's a weird wonky time, two hours, three hours. I don't care. A few hours. A few hours later, she decides, you know what? I'm going to call the office. Everything's going to get shut down for two weeks. I'm going to go piece the fuck out to the Adirondacks because I need to be a hermit for a bit. And that's why I assume that's what that text message was because all of these decisions are because happening Because of what's now. coming up. Yes. Yeah. So she's leaving her house. She packed a few bags. She's trying to leave her house because she's trying to be yeah, at pack. Yes. And she's just trying to wonder how Desmond reduced his sentence so significantly. And if Peter knew too. And Peter calls her and Peter is from the day's office. He's like, Adrian, I had no idea. This comes from the top and we're thinking blackmail's involved. How else did he just get to walk out of prison in broad daylight and asks her if she's okay? We learn he was sentenced for racketeering, extortion, kidnapping, and a laundry list of other things. And he goes, listen, Adrian, you need protection. And not like protection, but protection. The man is obsessed with you. You are the only reason he's out. He has been talking about coming to claim you again. Your divorce is probably what prompted him to get out. And I mean, he's not really wrong. No. Desmond, he is a criminal. He is a businessman, which, I mean, you can do that (laughs) when you sell your soul to the mafia for protection. And he would have anyone assassinated if he were threatened by them. That was just his nature. Yeah. Desmond sucks. Oh. And reclaiming her, like, she's a little concerned and he didn't have her in the first place. He would dangle this thing that she has wanted and needed in front of her to basically get her to marry him 
and was like, all you had to do. Such a weird situation. Trust me, when you find out the thing, it's even fucking weirder. All she had to do was stay married to him for three years and he would give her what she wanted. And he was so fucking obsessed with her. And so she had to marry him, apparently. And they never consummated their marriage, which good for fucking her. Kind of. This man is on. Because he was arrested on fucking her um, yes. wedding night. Yeah. Peter goes on to say that there was talk that he was going to have her kidnapped. And he got it from this reliable source. So fucking, are you kidding me? This man is in jail. I mean, he he's unhinged. Who cares? He detailed mm-hmm. keeping her in a dungeon in Brazil. And that she had, it says depraved him. It should probably say deprived him. She had deprived him of sex, basically. And that he needs to get his fill of her before locking her into the cage. She's like, I'm not even going to be here. I'm going to an undisclosed location. I'm fucking good, bro. And he goes, nah, I'm sending you some seals to come take a look at you. And not the shifter kind. Shut Ah, Who are these seals, may you ask? (sighs) She's just like, I don't need them, bitch. I don't want to feel like I need someone here. Body to love me. Yes. And then she has stuff materializing her mind because I forgot to say something that the boys had said to her and here we are and we're just gonna say it now anyways so as they were doing their thing and she's talking about I need rules you do what I say because I paid for you doing the dirty yeah I paid for you and they go did you did you did you really so with this on her mind she's like fuck I didn't pay these people let me call them so she calls Cassie and she goes hey who can I make the check out and she goes what fucking check and she goes for the auction she goes oh that's already been paid for i know you like to remain anonymous and i told them you know they didn't have to make a fuss about it but like 10 million dollars are you fucking kidding me that's insane i was almost a shock and she goes it's paid already like she goes yeah the money was transferred you know to the bank account because of the auction and william the president called me at 6 a.m to ask who the generous donor was and he thought it was some mistake. I told him it wasn't. And she's like, did he say where it came from? And she goes, she's like, what do you mean? Are you okay? Right. Like, like, um, oh, yeah, I just wanted to double check that it came from the right account and blah, 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 blah. And she goes, oh, thing. yeah, I just, I don't know what account I use. And Cassie goes, well, it happens to the best of us. He did ask who Obsidian Inc. was. Does that word sound familiar, guys? Guess what? You're welcome. Put that in your brain hole and recall back to before. Your safe word. Because guess obsidian. what? Adrian also was like, what the fuck is Obsidian Inc.? Doesn't dawn quite on her yet. No, she's oblivious she's to the like, fucking world. After she ended this conversation, all of a sudden she feels the air getting thick around her. And she felt their presence before they were there. And she comes People out of this tiny ass kitchen. Because those fuckers aren't knocking. Of course they're not knocking. They're seals. Out of the kitchen, she sees them. She's like, what the fuck are they doing here? And Austin just goes, Miss Palmer. And in her brain, she just goes, motherfucker. Because all of it clicks. She's pissed. Not only is now clicking that these are the three seals that Peter had sent her. She also banged these dudes. And now it hits her about the fucking obsidian thing. Because you know what? Yep. She's pissed. I mean, and then she goes you're obsidian aren't you and they're like so what are you gonna do about it yeah and she goes maybe i'm too old to put it into words you'll understand but what the actual fuck and darian's kind of pissed and he goes we don't speak that way age is just a fucking number they're mad about this they're like we 
might not look like it, but we're fucking gentlemen and our mother raised us the right way. And she goes, did you just say our mother? (laughs) Honestly, probably something I would have also said in the moment. Be like, these three dudes just fucked me and their brothers. So that would be weird. Don't worry. It gets weirder, folks. (laughs) And he goes, yeah, we were adopted. And they pretty Which I don't know why that's their comeback. I don't either. They're just very nonchalant about this whole thing. And they're like, a $10 million is a drop in the bucket. You had sex with us. We're not going to make you to pay to have sex with us. She's like, that was a lot of money. And he goes, our mom came from an English aristocratic family. Trust us, $10 million ain't fucking nothing. And she's just like, shocked. She's like, I'm going to write you a check. And he goes, no, you're not. You're not doing that. And they're like, why do you want us to leave? And she goes, I'm not going to spend the next few days with men I just fucked. And you guys are acting as bodyguards now. And they're like, firstly, we're the only men capable of protecting you in the whole world. And secondly, we have no problem spending the next few days protecting the woman we fucked. And she gets pissed. And she goes, I need you to leave. Get the fuck out. So she walks out the door. She goes to open the door to be like, bye-bye now. And guess what? Here's the snow. The storm is insane. It's insane. She's like, I can't send them in the weather. As she was driving up to the cabin, the weather was kind of getting bad and she wanted to make sure she got there prior to the storm getting bad. But now it's bad. I forgot that part. Sorry. I'm new. This is my first time, guys. I'm like a virgin speaking for the very first time. Ariel's so done with me. She's never going to let me do this again. I'm going to make you do it every time. (laughs) (laughs) You want us to get a one-star review all the time? There you go. That's the surefire way to do it. If you are not sick of our bullshit, go ahead and rate us because we could use that because the amount of downloads and listens we get do not equate to the amount of ratings we have. So be a peach. And, and this, Help is us us. Us. this is us doing this in the middle. We don't of care what episode. you give us. We care that <laughs> we it's care authentic. A little bit. <laughs> we care that it's authentic to you and yeah. like legit. We're not. We're not going to beg you. No, oh, well, yeah. no, we're not. We don't rate shame. We rate what things are the way we feel. As is evidenced by a lot of this shit happening. Okay, thanks. Bye. I mean, not bye. <laughs> oh, God. But we're so okay, bored. Oh, man. So she's like, I can't just send them out. So you know what? I'm going to go get my shit. Fuck this shit. And packs her stuff. And she starts Fuck to go to the door. Shit. And Darian's like, I wouldn't do that. Like, if fine. I were you. You're not leaving. I'll leave. And. He goes, you take one step out of this cabin and I'm going to take my belt to your ass. That was Emerson. Pardon me. Because they say it afterwards. Because it doesn't say Emerson said. She just goes, of all the things Emerson could say, he chose the most antiquated of them all. A spanking. First of all, I'm cool with a spanking. Not so much a belt. And she's fucking pissed because she's like, I'm not five years old. These motherfuckers can't tell me what to do. And so she puts her hand on the handle again. And Austin says, do it, pretty lady. My specialty is orgasm deprivation. Do it. I dare you. I am tempted to take my belt to your ass as well if you don't take a step away from that. She goes, spanking and orgasm deprivation. She's turned on, by the way, by this. And she just turns the knob just a little bit. This bitch is really testing her fucking limits here. And their limits. Boundaries. That's the word I was looking for. Boundaries. Boundaries. Darian says, if that door opens, I'm going to ransack your cabin looking for something I can punish your sweet asshole with, Adrian. By that, 
I mean, I'm going to improvise a butt plug and stretch your asshole with it while Emerson spanks your ass and Austin is going to drive you over the edge with his mouth on your pussy. What does this bitch do? Turns the fucking fucking knob. knob. And they yank her from that door and just strip her the fuck down so she's in her bra and underwear. And she is, as they say, so aroused that she could smell the essence dripping from her pussy and soaking in her panties. I'm sorry. So sorry. The wording sometimes was a little weird. We don't always have to repeat everything we read. I don't care. I'm going to because if (laughs) I had to read this, everyone else can listen to it. But yeah. She's like, have you lost your fucking minds? You cannot just strip me naked. Just because you're bigger than me and you outnumber me? Not cool, bro. And Emerson's just like, dude, every time you move, you make me harder. And I'm like, bro, (laughs) you need to calm your dick a little bit. Your dick a little bit. Yeah. Bro. So then Austin just says, we gave you fair warning. I mean, they did. And we also explicitly explained what would happen if you tried to open the door. I mean, also true. And then this part got weird. Darian goes to the bitch. I got he this. did say he was going to punish her. He did. And he said he was going to take whatever he could and fashion a butt plug out of it. So what does he do? This man takes ginger from the fridge and carves it into a butt plug. When I say my asshole, did cinched, it burn? Did it pucker a little? Oh, it puckered <laughs> when I read this because hell fucking no, that shit is going to sting. Ah, so of all no, the things, it's do more than sting. It's gonna fucking it's gonna burn, burn like a motherfucker. And you know what? They like you know your safe word. It also never occurs to her to use the safe word, and she even says it as she understands how it works. So Darian puts the ginger root in her asshole and he just goes, well, I mean, I could have used the cucumber I found in your fridge, but where would the fun be in that? supposed to be a punishment. So as the ginger is in her asshole, burning away, Emerson starts smacking her with a belt because as if her ass doesn't burn enough, let's continue this. But you know what? Honestly, I think she's kind of into it. So a little bit, a, a little bit into it. She's crying like a motherfucker, though, because it she hurts. She is. I mean, come on. I would also be crying. Hello. That would be very burny and very uncomfortable in my asshole. But just know my notes in gigantic letters says, excuse me, Ginger, as a butt plug. And that's the biggest mm. notes I have of this whole thing. And then <laughs> Austin starts eating her out. All she can think of is they're going to hurt me. And I mean, she's super into it. And she comes really fucking hard and just continues coming and is crying and then passes out. And Emerson carries her to the bedroom. Austin gave her some water and Darian tucks her into bed. And when she was awake, she goes off. Fuck balls. I let these men do this shit to me. And they're trying to intrude in my life. And you know what? Fuck this. This is stopping now. Her body is super sore, which, duh. Her asshole is still burning because, again, duh. Duh. I just, the ginger part was wild. I, I just am never getting over the ginger part ever again. And I've seen ginger in a couple other books. Um, why? Punishments. Why ginger? Because it's a punishment. Why? Great. Terrible. She opens the bedroom. These men cooked her breakfast. Okay. I hope they didn't use the ginger. That's all I can think of. 
did not use it. And honestly, oh, the whole God. time, she's still mouthy because, you know, Darian asks her to sit and she goes, I don't sit with men who spanked me, shoved ginger root in my ass, and then had the audacity to make me come in their mouth. No, thank you. Yeah, the audacity to audacity. come in their mouth. Once <laughs> these storms are clear and I have cell reception, I will be calling the DA. I, I will be calling the because, manager. I was just going to say that because it comes across as very caring. I will be calling the manager. I will be calling so that I can have new bodyguards sent to me. And they're like, first of all, we don't fucking work for him. This is the biggest girl sit down moment. Secondly, ass we, down. Yeah, when we say sit so you can eat, we mean it. Do not make us repeat the leather bench where the leather bench came with. I don't know. All over again. And as much as we want to see you naked, your ass cannot handle it twice in a row. Understood. I would sit my ass right down. And she does. And for the next few days, it's kind of just a lot of her avoiding them. Like, at all costs, she stays in her room. Except to eat the meals they make her. Except for to eat, yes. And, you know, it's a very well-stocked pantry. She does call it out, too. Which, I mean, if this cabin was her dad's and the Adirondacks, it is very well-stocked. Do they just bring all the shit with them? I didn't think of that. I didn't think that through. And then she decided at some point that she should probably explain to them why they were protecting her and she just discusses her husband and was like i married him and he caught me when i was vulnerable vulnerable which they do abusive assholes catch you as soon as you're vulnerable and something's going on because her dad had just died at the time that she met desmond and he lied to her but he also never touched her not a single time and that she would only sleep with him after the wedding. And that was supposed to be when, you know, he gave her back her possession. And she even had a contract drawn up for this. But he got arrested on the night of the wedding and has been in jail for the last three years. He kept telling her that she had to wait for him. She kind of knew you know, this motherfucker was lying. And the divorce had just gotten finalized. Now he's somehow released from fucking prison. And they just say, you know, he won't be coming anywhere near you, not without us being around. I was like, okay. We got you, babe. We got you, babe. I got you, babe. We got you, babe. We got you, babe. Sorry. They decide while the storm is subsiding, they're going to play strip poker. (laughs) Because why not? And you know what? She fucking owns them in strip poker. So after they strip... She gets a little distracted because, listen, three hot men fucking naked. I don't think she thought this through very hard. No. She's trying to avoid them. He gets Playing a little poker. Dickmatized. He really got a lot dickmatized. And she starts touching them <laughs> and then blows every single one of them. Just sucks all their dicks. To completion. And they all come in her mouth in different ways. You had to add that. Just. Well, it's true, though. I know. We need that detail. Darian told her not to swallow immediately. He just wanted to see her mouth full of it. Emerson choked her as he (laughs) came in her mouth. And Austin was just, like, telling her how to breathe while shoving his dick down her throat. She gets a phone call. You know, blows all these dudes. Not during. Well, no. When she's done. She is done. They finished. (laughs) They came. And then her phone goes off. Mm -hmm. Surprise, bitch. It's Desmond. Desmond is calling her. 
If you don't remember who Desmond is, Crystal <laughs> asked you to remember the name from the beginning. I did. I have said it many times since then. I am glad that you have remembered since the first time I told you. Congratulations. Here is you your prize. What do you win? Nothing. The rest of the story. Which there's not much left. So here we are. So, so fucking so Desmond weird quick calls her. And it's weird too. Because he's like, oh, hello, my darling wife. And she goes, I'm not your wife anymore. And he goes, you can never be divorced from me. You were meant to be mine until your last breath. Your divorce is divorce. <laughs> what they say? Like, your divorce is a piece of paper. And she's like, what the fuck do you want? Oh, he invites you? her to a ball <laughs> at his house because he wants Does her. Does that make his... sense? No. Does it make sense? No, this man's out of prison and he's going to throw a fucking ball. Come on. And he goes, I just can't wait to have you on my arm again. And we never got to consummate our marriage. And prison was, you know, lonely to say the least. And then she fucking threw her phone, which I mean, yes. So fast forward. I don't know when. The next day. Okay, cool. She's showering. To get ready for the ball. To get ready. Because apparently they're going. Yeah. So for some insane reason, this whole section was weird. And I don't like how it went into talking about her being in the shower and then talking about what had happened after she flung the phone and then went back to her being out of the shower. I'm assuming it's just her thinking didn't like Mm -hmm. it. And I got confused for a second and I had to go back and reread it after she had flung the phone. She told the boys about the ball. And what she didn't think that they were going to do was to agree to go. <laughs> and they did. That, would, that makes sense. So weird. Just, it's weird. Wild, man. As she's fresh out of the shower, the boys demand her to just drop her towel. And so she fucks them. And this is where we get two in the <laughs> vagina. Because guess what? We didn't get two technically in the vagina before. No. We had one at a time. This one, they had multiple. It was Austin and Darian. So penises. And Emerson was just giving her his cock so she could focus on that, I guess. So they do that. And then they go to Dipshit's house. Those are my words. It just went from, oh, hello. How are you? You're my new bodyguard to this guy's calling. We're going to go to this ball and hello. Yeah. So here's where I didn't know the POV. And I just said randomly in Emerson's POV again. I just assumed it was. I again said the men. What we learn now is that they want to kill him. I'm sure they want to just destroy his life, whatever. But apparently they have been planning to destroy him for three years. Before that, they didn't really care too much about him. Why? Because. But everything had changed when Adrian came into the picture. What dipshit did not know was that Petrov Bratva, the Russian mob people, owes Emerson, Darian, and Austin a life debt. And they called in that favor to take care of the guards outside this house so they they could kind of get in. And the only reason they want him alive is because of the one thing that Adrian doesn't have that he has now, which is Adrian's stupid thing because Desmond sucks. And he goes, I have prepared a feast for you. He sucks. And it wasn't supposed to be a ball. Where are the guests? Yeah, it feels more like it's a dinner. I don't know. I got no idea. There's no people. It's just There's them. so many holes. It, it makes no sense. This is holier than Sundays. The boys go, you have something that belongs to Miss Palmer. We suggest you give it right back to her now. And Desmond goes, or what? Pretty boy. Or bodyguards. 
they're making them pretty these days, huh? Or what? Now shut your fucking mouths. I want to talk to my wife. And I was like, bitch, you're an idiot. And he thinks he's in charge. He does. Darian does not. Because he fucking grabs this bitch's wrist and twists it and makes him cry like a little bitch. It went from zero to 100 real fucking quick, and it was wild to me. Emerson and Austin get the cutlery off the table and fling it like ninja stars. Those are the exact words that are said, is that they fling cutlery like ninja stars. And it didn't take long until <laughs> he was unarmed and bleeding. And it happened so fast that they the didn't eight even Eight of to... them. The, yeah, it's- Eight I... of the bodyguards were wild. unarmed and bleeding. wild i'm gonna throw forks at you and you're all just dead on the ground it's just yes and they're like you need to give the lady what she wants and he goes you think you've won and then he presses his panic button to summon all the guards inside and so all the guards come rushing in he tells them to fucking do shit but funny story they don't listen to him yeah no and emerson just goes helena will you take miss palmer outside we have some personal business then we switch to adrian's there's a little design on the page so you know that it's switched person but we still don't have a name change so we're just obviously assuming and adrian's confused (laughs) so what the fuck is happening doesn't know why desmond's guards are following their orders she's just so fucking confused and this part also i have issues with so she's just like i don't know going on and then she goes towards the hall and she goes but what she heard next drained the blood from her body the words cut through like ice pierced her soul and left her destroyed how had she been so wrong they had used her and she's too stupid to know it and had done everything they expected her to do what did they say i don't we know. found out what did they say they made a big deal about it um, they uh, yeah. yeah it was very wishy-washy This is when she realizes, oh, my God, I am in love with these men. I don't know them. I'm very confused by them. And has it been 24 hours yet? They've been together for a bit. Oh, yeah. It's been like four days. Something like that. Maybe four days. That's enough time. Said no one ever. (laughs) Said snowed in books. Okay. They're in still love. It's okay. Mm -hmm. But not for her. They've been in love with her for years. But, you know, she doesn't know that. Well, From a like, glance across the street. Bro, and she was crying <laughs> at the time, too, when it happened. So, like. They love her pain. They do. She goes home very mad. She's like. Go fuck, Ditch fuck these motherfuckers. And she goes home. And then the boys get there. And she goes, how did they get in here so silently? Oh, yeah, that's right. They're seals. And again, as we have stated. Not that, oh, 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 seals. They are <laughs> Navy seals. <laughs> this is not a shifter book. And she's pissed. And she goes, I was just a pawn in your sick game to get back at your father. Because she heard outside the door. Oh, my God. Desmond is your father? I can't believe how stupid. And they're just like, he's not our father. He's just a sperm donor. Our father was a Navy SEAL. Because realistically, they hate this man. And they really look at their adoptive father as their actual father. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know what? You win. You got to have the last laugh. You got your father real good, too, telling him I was wearing your cum and it was dripping down my thighs as I walked very smooth. Well done. Was that something you planned as well? Drop the towel, Adrian. That was all it took. And she's pissed and she's like, you win. Now get the fuck out. And Emerson's like, are you done? She's no, and she's fucking fucking shit. And I would be, too. I'd be really mad. 
And they're talking about like, you know, the first time we saw you was three years ago and you were coming out of Desmond's office buildings and you were wearing this green dress. Like they're going in on how they met her. You were the most beautiful woman we had ever seen and you ripped our hearts out and took them. And now you own us. And we just can't think straight anymore from just the one sighting. They felt fucking all of them fell deeply into love with her. And they're like, you were crying. We saw your tears glisten like diamonds. And then you wiped them away. Diamond and walked the to the car. And the minute you walked out of Morton's office and we saw you, you became ours. Do you see what you did to us? No. One look and we were hooked for life. Ariel's a Because that's weird. It is weird. And they're like, when we got back and found out who you were, that you had married Desmond. They call him Morton. Not doing that shit. Of all the fucking men in the planet, we wanted to break every single bone in his body and then rip his head off. But then it became a matter of protecting you. And just... Yeah. When his henchmen came, we knew what gang he joined. It was the Russian mafia. Who, coincidentally, are already allies of theirs. Oh my God, all the coincidence. And... Everything just magically falls into place. And they're like, we stopped ourselves from killing him. Because we wanted one more thing from him. And they finally tell us the item. Reveal it. It's a goddamn pendant. It's a locket. Sorry. Got a locket in your in pocket. pocket Taking take this, this one to, to the, the grave. grave. And she had poured so much emotion into this piece of jewelry. She believed that if she touched it, she could say a proper goodbye to her father. Because inside is a picture of her and her father when she was six years old. And a rare photo of her mother that hadn't been burned. Her father was meant to give it to Adrian when she turned 25, but he never got around to it because he died of a heart attack after a poker game. He lost to Desmond. And that is how the pendant came to be in Desmond's possession. I think she called both. Well, if she She said the pendant was a locket. I think that's how she worded it. It's weird because they go between calling it a pendant and then the one time for the locket. Well, the twice Twice, in a row. Twice. But then they call it a pendant again. Yeah, once a pendant, twice a locket, and then a pendant again. Yeah. Very weird. So yeah. it's a locket because it's got pictures in it. It's not right. a pendant. So that's why I it's just weird. Just, it's weird yeah. wording. But yes, yeah, so that was how the pendant slash locket came mm. to be in Desmond's possession and how he held it over her. And she goes, how about Desmond? How was he your father? And they're like, our mothers were maids at a mansion that belonged to a friend of his. He forced himself on them over time. This all happened in one chapter, by the way. Yes. They were two poor to raise children. He gave them money to get abortions, but instead they gave it for adoption. And then she just goes, I love you. And I just want to state. Wild. I just want to state. This entire situation happened over a pendant locket. That's it. So dumb. I understand. She married a man. For a for locket. A locket. Not money, nothing else. A locket. I understand no the sentimental value and maybe... I, nope, I don't. Absolutely <laughs> um, not. And then we have a quote-unquote epilogue. And I yeah. say that because it was... <laughs> because <laughs> my synopsis of an epilogue is longer than this epilogue. So she calls them her husbands. Apparently, she can marry all married. of them, so whatever. And then she was pregnant, apparently. And she loved every moment of it. And she didn't know what happened to Desmond. The end. That's literally it's the like epilogue. six sentences long. And I'm being gracious. <laughs> it was very short. That was snowed in with the seals. Very light on the snow. Very heavy on the seals. And very heavy very on, the on the stupidity. 
very heavy on the insta love it was a thing it was a book it had a beginning was a it? middle and an end did it technically yes okay who was your favorite character that's what i wanted <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay anyways um <clears throat> So, my favorite character was Miriam. Her friend, colleague, yeah. lady. I loved her. Loved her. She was sassy. She was super overtly sexual. and She was just living her goddamn life. And I was here for it. How about your favorite yeah. character? I probably second that. If I had to go in a different direction, I might be a little off the wall and uh, say... Her PA that <laughs> had to put up with her bullshit for all these years. There you go. Who's your least favorite? There's no characters in this book. So I guess Desmond or Adrian's mom. Same Z's. Same Z's. Amazon gives this a 4.1. And Goodreads also gives it a 4.1. Both only many? have 30 ratings. Oh, okay. Oh my God, I'm going to tank it. So, Ariel, what is oh, your no. rating? I think I know what it is. I haven't even looked at yours. This I just came out in there. October. Tell, tell me what my rating is. A two or a 2.5. 2.5. Nailed it. I would have been more proud if you had just given one number and it was correct. I was going to go 2.5 and then I second guessed myself. You say, I know. You, you questioned. Well, I questioned myself a lot while reading this book. So there's that. I gave yeah, it a three. This, this was a ride. I gave it a I three thought. simply because there was, honestly, the smut... <laughs> That's the only reason I gave it a three. I liked it. Minus the ginger part. That part I was not a fan of. Leading into that, what was your cucumber rating? I'm giving it about a six or a seven. In the tiny amount of pages, there was a lot. Yes, there was a lot. There was a lot of characters. There was some different things happening. I don't necessarily think it was the greatest writing. So five. And obviously there wasn't a ton of scenes because it was a novella. But page but. to book there was a lot more smut in this than there was story so right you're yeah. welcome so i didn't think they were technically related they are um they very I, much are especially when they were so vehemently like no we're not brothers like legit yeah. we, we're only brothers because we're adopted because they said that a few times they're like we're just adopted you know when we realized we weren't actually related and then they literally are they are literally brothers and these brothers had their dicks touching each other's dicks and inside a woman together. And you know what? I mean, they weren't fucking each other. Well, they were both in her vagina at the same time. So no, they were at they least fucking each rubbing other. each other. Yeah, but haven't... But One I mean, kind of assisted. It's, it is what it is. I mean... They weren't wearing a condom, very clearly. It's just skin. They weren't going in each other. Men still rub their dicks against each other's dicks for pleasure. So, you know, still weird. And men also stand next to each other at the toilet and pee race. So. Yeah, but they're not touching each other's penises. Sometimes if it gets close quarters. Okay, but these brothers are touching each other's penises with their penis. Only two. I know you're trying to justify happy. it. I know. It is okay. I don't, yeah. Stop. I don't. Stop trying to justify it. Just stop. The plot. There's a plot. Oh, um, seemed <laughs> was being eh, a little fresh <laughs> and it was a back burner to the boys and it didn't really connect felt like one of those stories that you just like daydream in your head i didn't really connect well with adrian she wasn't like horrible and like the worst female character i've ever read but she was a character in a book about seals yep and all of this over a necklace. That's all I have to say is like all of this over a necklace. That 
was wild. And also more Snowden would have been um, lovely. I would have liked more snow. That was Snowden with the seals. Again, not the animal. I think that would have been a great addition to this book. Would it have been weird? Absolutely. But there might have been more plot. I'm being so mean. Oh, my God. This is why you're like this. I had to sit here and do this book. And now I'm you. This is horrible. And I loved how you just like nitpicked at all the little grammar things as you were going because you had to write notes on it's all awful. of it. It's awful. I hate this. <laughs> I don't want to do this. I want to go back to being the fun one. <laughs> I was just kidding. We're both not fun sometimes. We're both fun. I'm never fun. You are. And we don't need to spin, right? We don't we need to have... spin because we have one book left <laughs> on our wheel. So. Oh, yes. This was my historical romance. Because I love historical romance. And if I go to the library, I typically check out a historical romance book. So we are doing Beautiful Things by Emily Rath. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because we read Pucking Around from her. And this is, yes, I think this is um, one of her And I have books. actually never read a historical yes. romance that was a reverse harem. We are still going out of our wheelhouse because we are meshing a little bit of things. Mm -hmm. So we thought we'd give it a try. Yeah. Because I've never done a a historical romance that's a reverse error. Neither have I. Beautiful Things by Emily Rath. At 22, Rosalie Harrow is unmarried and near destitute. She has only two choices, snag a wealthy gentleman or take work as a governess. Neither option appeals to headstrong Rosalie, who sees both futures as a kind of cage. When Rosalie gets an invitation to Alcott Hall, she believes she's only there to meet the Dowager Duchess, her late mother's mysterious childhood friend. But as soon as she arrives, Rosalie is thrust into the middle of a house party full of eligible high society ladies who have one goal. Win the hand of the new, conveniently single, Duke. Hilarity ensues as Rosalie dodges the attention of the officious Duke and weathers the censure of the other guests, all while trying to unravel the mystery of her invitation. And then there's the gentleman. The more Rosalie tries to avoid the high society husband hunt, the more she finds herself charmed by three very different men. There's Lord James, the Duke's younger brother, who is the true Duke in all but name. Lieutenant Renly, recently returned from the West Indies and begrudgingly searching for a wife of his own, and the temptuous Mr. Burke, who irks Rosalie to no end. The clock ticks down the days until the Michaelmas ball, when the Duke is set to announce his choice of bride. Marriage is a trap, and Rosalie will not be easily snared, but that doesn't mean she can't enjoy the chase while it lasts. Beautiful Things is a steamy, slow-burn romance set in the Regency era. The female main character has multiple suitors, and she won't just settle for... Wow. And she won't settle for just one in the end. All the main characters are in their 20s. Join us next week for... for February. What are we calling February? Fucked Lady up February. February. I'm just kidding. Fucked I don't know. February. Yeah. Say fucking fuck. February. I like that. I like that. Fucking February. Fucking February. Oh, it's fucking February. Ooh, Jesus. Or it's fucking February. February for the fucking. Where Ariel will continue to seduce you because we're in fucking February. Make sure to keep reading. And keep it smutty.
Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck.